you know what? Don't worry about that. We're here at the feast. We could be on our roofs in moves uh, with coats on protecting ourselves from mosquitoes. So uh, we, had, uh, we had planned on the construction being done. You know what? It's not done. Our, th- this hall is beautiful. Our rooms are finished and beautiful. And we have a lot of activities. And we have smiling uh, faces full of brothers and sisters here. And we're not in booths up on the roof. Deuteronomy 14, verse 22. You shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide. The tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil. Of the firstborn of your herds and your flocks that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. But if the journey is too long for you so that you are not able to carry the tithe, or if the place where the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far from you, when the Lord your God has blessed you, then you shall exchange it for money, take the money in your hand, and go to the place which the Lord your God chooses. And you shall spend that money for whatever your heart desires, for oxen or sheep, for wine or similar drink, for whatever your heart desires, you shall eat there before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice. You shall, that's a command to rejoice. Imagine needing to be told that you must rejoice. We come from backgrounds, we come from stressful lives where sometimes we need to be reminded, take eight days and rejoice before God. Take eight days and leave our worldly cares and strife behind and come and rejoice before God because it's a command. You shall not forsake the Levite who is in your gates for he has no part nor inheritance with you. And at the end of every third year you shall bring out the, the tithe of your produce so that you're stored up within your gates. And the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance with you, the stranger and the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates, may come and eat and be satisfied that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand, which you do. Notice the planning that this takes. And we know, we all know the planning that it took to be here. So in light of all that planning that you did, come and enjoy the feast. Come and rejoice before God. We've got folks that drove, drove by himself all the way from Nova Scotia. We're happy to have him here. We have folks that are not part of CGI, but are part of the Brotherhood of Christ that are here amongst us. We're all, this is God's feast. This isn't a CGI feast site. This is God's feast, and we are, we are blessed to be here together. Rejoice with your brothers and sisters. Get to know one another because we are a family. We are a community of believers, blessed to be here before God. And don't neglect those, as, as uh, Moses wrote here, from God who may not have as much as you do. Flip forward just a few, uh, couple of chapters to chapter 16. Deuteronomy 16, verse 13. And again, let's notice the focus on celebrating the feast every day. You shall observe, verse 13 of Deuteronomy 16, you shall observe the feast of tabernacles seven days when you've gathered from your threshing floor and from your winepress, and you shall rejoice in your feast you and your son and your daughter and your male servant and your female servant and the Levite and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow and everyone who's within your gates. Seven days you shall keep a sacred feast to the Lord. The first day and the eighth day are Sabbaths, but the seven days are sacred because we are blessed to, and set apart. They are a set apart week to call called out here to be before God. And the place which your Lord chooses because the Lord your God will bless you in all the produce and all the work of your hands so that you surely rejoice. So take time to rejoice and be happy to be here for seven days. Let's go forward to Nehemiah chapter 8. I'd like to spend the rest of the message in Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 8, and look at some folks 
who were excited to be keeping the feast. Nehemiah chapter 8. We know the history of these folks that were allowed to come back to Jerusalem because of Cyrus, who allowed them to come back after the Babylonians. We know the history here where Ezra, after they completed the work that God had them do, they found the law and Ezra read it to them. But let's go down to verse 13, sort of cut into the context to save time here. We come up to speed to the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. They started their celebrations on the Feast of Trumpets, which we did two weeks ago when the new moon was out. Now two weeks later with the full moon, we are here at the Feast of Tabernacles. Verse 13 of Nehemiah 8. Now on the second day, the heads of the fathers houses of all the people with the priests and the Levites were gathered to Ezra the scribe in order to understand the words of the law. And they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded my Moses that the children of Israel should dwell in booths during the feast of the seventh month and that they should announce and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem saying, go out to the mountains and bring olive branches and branches of oil, oil trees, myrtle branches, palm branches and branches of leafy trees to make booths as, as it is written. Then the people went out and brought them and made themselves booths, each one on the roof of his house or in their courtyards or on the courts of the uh, the house of God and in the open square of the water gate and in the open square of the gate of Ephraim. So the whole assembly of those who had returned from captivity made booths and sat under the booths. They didn't come to a hotel with breakfast prepared for them every morning and a a nice big room with all the beds that we don't have to make our own beds. We just can leave and... And make sure the uh, do not disturb sign is not on the door and we can come back after services and our beds are nice and made. These folks had to went out and made their booths. And how happy were they? How happy were they? Let's pick it up back in verse 17. So the whole assembly of those who had returned from the captivity, captivity made booths and sat under the booths. For since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, until that day, the children of Israel had not done so. And there was a very great gladness. They had not celebrated the feast like this, since the days of Joshua. That is how happy they were to be at the feast. That is how happy they were to have gone out into the forest and found these branches and made themselves booths and slept up on the roofs because they had not kept the feast since the days of Joshua. We haven't kept the feast in one year. How blessed we are to be back again this year to keep it. And also day by day, day by day, verse 18, from the first day until the last day, every day, He read from the book of the law of God, and they kept the feast seven days. And on the eighth day, there was a sacred assembly according to their prescribed manner. Every day, they had the law of God read to them, and they were happy. They were ecstatic to have been to be there. Because they had not celebrated it in so long of a time. And did they celebrate it? Continuing on into chapter 9. Now on the 24th day of the month, the children of Israel were still assembled with fasting and sackcloth and with dust on their heads. Then those of the Israelite lineage separated themselves from all foreigners, and they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And they stood up in their place and read from the book of the law. The feast had been over for two days, and they were still there celebrating. This time they were fasting, and they were still having the law read to them. 
They didn't want to leave. They did not want to leave. The Lord, uh, and read from the book of the, law, of the law of the Lord their God for one-fourth of the day. One-fourth of the day. Our messages go past an hour and we're, we're starting to get itchy seats and itchy butts. One-fourth of the day they sat, and, they sat and had the law written. They couldn't follow along. They just sat and had the law read to them. And for another fourth they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. This was a life-changing experience for these people. They were no longer in captivity. They were no longer had to do what the Babylonians forced them to do. They could worship their God like their forefathers from years gone by. And they were happy to have been there. It was a life-changing experience. And after the feast had ended, they were still reflective of the experience, so much so that they fasted. They had probably just, it doesn't say, it doesn't cover the the, uh, Day of Atonement in here, but we know how they were from the time they found the law. They had just fasted uh, 14 days before this, yet they wanted to fast again. That's how excited they were to be following God and how reflective they were of the experience. And we won't take time to read that prayer, but you can see their collective prayer as an assembly, as a community. They prayed to God together. They looked back and focused on all that God had done for them, despite all that they didn't do for God, how many times they let him down, how many times their forefathers let him down, yet they praised him for his faithfulness and allowing them to still come before the feast. All the times that they had let him down, and yet God was still uh, blessed them to have them come before him. We won't take time to read that in its entirety, but let's drop down to verse 30 and take, get a little bit of an encapsulation of, of this prayer. Verse 30. Yet for many years they prayed together to him. You had patience with them and testified against them by your spirit and your prophets, yet they wouldn't listen. Therefore you gave them into the hands of the people of the lands. And nevertheless, in your great mercy, in your great mercy, you didn't Utterly consume them, nor forsake them, for your God, gracious and merciful. Now therefore, our God, our God, the great, the mighty, and awesome God, who keeps covenant and mercy, God didn't forget his covenant with them. Do not let all the trouble seem small before you that has come upon us, our kings and our priests, our princes, our priests and our prophets, our fathers and on all your people. For the days of the kings of Assyria to this day, However, you are just in all that has befallen us, for you have dealt you have dealt faithfully, but we have done wickedly. Regardless of what your year has been, whether you have let God down or whether you are better this year than you were last year, God is faithful, and he wants this to be a life-changing experience for you, so that when we leave this feast, we are reinvigorated, get back into our communities, our, our church communities, our regular communities, whatever it is that you do, your job, your school, and to be a light for God, to do better so that when do better for yourself so that you can let his light shine through you so that when we get to the spring feast, this feast will have been a life-changing experience and you're going to be better and more ready for the spring feast. And then six months down the road when we're back, whether it's here or somewhere, wherever God places his name next year, we can say last year was a life-changing experience and I am better for that. Because God is faithful. God is faithful and has not forgotten us. Verse 36. Here we are, they said, servants today. Here we are, servants today. And the land that you gave to your fathers to eat its fruit and its bounty. Here we are, servants in it. 
and it yields much increase to the kings you have set over us because of our sins. Also, they have dominion over our bodies and our cattle at their pleasure, and we are in great distress. And because of all this, because of your faithfulness and our realization that we need you, we make a sure covenant and we write it. Our leaders, our Levites, and our priests seal it. This was a life-changing feast because they recommitted and, and made a covenant with God that they wouldn't do what their forefathers had done and forget God. This is what a life-changing life changing experience, a, fe- a Feast of Tabernacles, can be. We have come from far and wide to gather together to celebrate this feast. Jobs, schools, families left behind. Maybe you left a spouse or children behind because they don't agree with this. But you faithfully came to celebrate this Feast of Tabernacles. Continuing on, Nehemiah chapter 10. We won't take the... Na- we won't Take the time to read the first 27 verses of those who signed the seal of the covenant. Let's go down to verse 28. Now the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the Nephilim, and all those who had separated themselves from the people of the lands to the law of God, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, everyone who had knowledge and understanding, these joined with their brethren, their nobles, and entered into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses, the servant of God to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord our God and his ordinances and statutes. The entire nation signed a contract to be better and to make this a life-changing experience and covenant with God to, to serve him. We should leave from this feast in eight days different than we are right now in our chairs tonight. If we, if we are not different in eight days, you haven't celebrated the feast the way God had intended it. We need to be better over the course of the next eight days because God needs us to be better. Because the world needs us to be better. The people in our communities, the people in our lives need us to be better. They need us to celebrate this feast and become better children of his. So that we can take that and we can take what we know, what we treasure... This joy that, the, that uh, the people of Judah felt here, that they celebrated better than since the days of Joshua. Let's celebrate this feast better than we have ever celebrated a feast, regardless of the construction that's out here in the, in the, in the hallways, regardless of what the weather may be like. I remember two or three years ago in Midland, it rained the entire feast. It was one of my favorite feasts because we were all together uh, fellowshipping. Psalms 133. Those of you in Burlington and Kitchener have heard in recent weeks me talk about the Psalms of Ascent. Others of you may know the Psalms of Ascent from Psalms 120 through 134 are the Psalms of Ascent that the people of God, the Levitical singers, the singers of, of the, te- the temple singers sang, as well as the people who were God's people who were, who were journeying to Jerusalem from the Feast of, Feast of Trumpets through to the Feast of Tabernacles, every night they would sing one of these psalms in the lead-up to the feast as the excitement built as they, they got to the feast. Last night, on the penultimate night of the, before the feast, as we're packing our bags and getting ready to come to the feast, we read Psalms 133 was, was, was sang to God, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, 
the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. If we don't have unity here, it doesn't matter to whom you pay your tithes. It doesn't matter the letterhead of the magazine that you receive during the year. Wherever you are from, we are blessed to be here at God's festival. We are all brothers and sisters. It matters not where we came from. It matters where we're going to. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And then tonight, the start of the Feast of Tabernacles, as the sun sets on the the 15th day of the month, and we arrive, our bags are in our room, we come down here and, and we are greeted with this, the hymn, Come to the Feast. And we are just, we are out of words to be here. We've, the, the children of, of Israel, the temple singers have sang Psalms 120 through 133 for the last 14 nights. They're simply out of things to say. They are so grateful to be here before God. And Psalms 134, the final psalm of ascent. Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Here we are at night, standing in the house, sitting in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. We are here, blessed by God, to be sitting with each other to celebrate another feast, a game. Praise God that we have arrived. We stand in the house of God. Make this feast an extraordinary feast. Don't leave here the same way you are here today. Leave here better. Leave here more committed to God. As we leave here now, it's important that we cover a few, some items to remember, some house rules and some other things we need to cover. Please remember we are here representing God. Be cautious of your behavior And recognize that the community, the hotel, the restaurateurs, the activities are all full of people watching us. In our efforts to preach the gospel, our example here will likely be be someone's first encounter with God's way of life. Be watchful of what you say and what you do. We We represent the one who has commanded us life forevermore. While we are here picturing the millennium and the coming kingdom of God, don't forget that we are still human beings. Every one of us sitting in this room is still a human being in a world full of human beings where sometimes things go wrong. Be patient, be forgiving, and esteem others better than ourselves. Parents are reminded that you are responsible, and I have two children of my own. We are responsible for the actions and behaviors of our children. Please know where they are and how they are behaving at all times. And to our kids, to our children, our youth, you're special to us. And we want this to be a feast that you remember and treasure because this is your church, not just the church of your parents. So please be watchful of how you behave. The washrooms, because of the construction, the washrooms are in rooms 123 and 127 in the foyer near where the uh, badminton rackets are. On the, as, you're, as you have your back to where the food is, uh, where the breakfast will be served, and you're looking out 
at the badminton and, and, uh, and table tennis area. It is on the left-hand side, room 123 and 127. They look like regular hotel rooms. That's because they are, but they're being used as public washrooms. That is a bit of a, a word of warning that in these hotel rooms is our public washroom, so parents, please be cautious and be reminded of that. Uh, and again, as I mentioned, while this is a, a feast sponsored by CGI, this is first, foremost, and always God's feast first. There will be folks, folks here who normally attend with other fellowships. We are all brothers and sisters, and we are honored and privileged that you've chosen to keep God's feast here with us because we are all God's family. Do not neglect to make time for God because this is his feast after all. Just a couple of more points. There are plenty of activities scheduled this week, both educational and social. Everyone is encouraged to participate. There are costs to many of the activities with a suggested price. Everyone is welcome to attend. You're encouraged to use your second tithe to help offset the cost of these activities. If you can afford to contribute more to help offset the cost for those who cannot contribute, then we're all grateful for the help. As we read in God's law, do not neglect those who are in those positions. Registration forms. The festival brochure will be available once you submit your registration form, and there will be one per, one per household at this time for a registration form until we're sure that all households have one. There is no exercise facility here on site due to the construction at this time, but the hotel will provide access to a workout facility a few minutes up the street. There will be a sign-up sheet at the information tomorrow table tomorrow, and for the, your, uh, the information table is straight at the back of this hall underneath the Leamington, Ontario 2014 uh, sign. There will be a sign-up sheet there tomorrow because the, hall needs to, the hotel needs to provide passes. So if you're interested in access to a workout facility a few minutes up the, up the road, please sign that information of that sign-up sheet and we will get you a pass. Breakfast is at, begins at 7 a.m. every morning uh, and we will need a wristband from the front desk uh, will be required so they can uh, control, uh, keep control of, of the, uh, the breakfast because it is for us, and, but they do have other folks uh, they do have other folks staying in the hotel who will be required to pay for breakfast. Uh, this year, uh, we have uh, worked out a deal with the hotel where the hotel has covered two of the breakfasts, and we have incorporated the cost of the breakfast into what the church is paying uh, due to the increase in the, the, the cost of the room by $5. We felt it was appropriate that the church uh, incorporated the, worked a, out a deal with the hotel so that breakfast was included here. But you will need a wristband. And this leads me to my last point. The theme of our feast here is community. As we picture the kingdom of God here on this earth, we remember that we are the body of Christ, that we are one community. Whatever you do here, remember that you are part of our community. In keeping with this theme of community, we've tried something new here this year. There's no specific coordinator here this year. Rather, the Burlington congregation volunteered and has been working together over the course of the last number of months, along with volunteers from other congregations, to help put this together. Just by way of, of introducing you to a couple of the key leaders, you do know Pastor Adrian Davis, he was here uh, leading hymns, and uh, Deacon Jan Kowalczyk. Uh, the three of us, uh, if you do have any questions, uh, uh, Janet, you just raise your hand so they know who you are. And of course, you know Pastor Davis, who was up here leading songs, and will be up here in a few minutes. Just wanted to introduce you a couple of our key leaders. If you have any questions, please direct them to, to one of us. Brethren, what, ex what an exciting time it is that we are kicking off another Feast of Tabernacles. Don't downplay how precious this time is, how, how blessed, how fortunate we are to be sitting here before God again 
this year. With that full moon brightly on display just out these back doors here, it is a privilege to keep this feast. So as we look forward to that wonderful world tomorrow, that millennial reign of Jesus Christ, followed by the kingdom of God, carpe diem, seize this feast, make this feast extraordinary.